the Bible Study Podcast, Episode 61. This is the 10th episode in our series on the Book of Romans, in a series I'm calling Christianity 101. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We're not going to get all the way through chapter 8 today because chapter 8 is one of those really terrific chapters that is one of the reasons that personally I wanted to study the book of Romans. And so we're going to slow down a little bit and savor some of the great verses in here. We talked about in the earlier parts of Romans that Paul is establishing that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that There wasn't a way out of this condition we were in through the law. Just following a set of rules wasn't going to get us there. And so Christ had to come in and pay the price to reconcile us to God. Chapter 8 is a little more than upbeat than some of the earlier chapters because it's then life through the Spirit. Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the Spirit. So the first verse here is good news. That basically, although Paul started on what could be considered rather depressing few chapters, where Paul says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin are death. But he says now here that because Christ has paid that, we're now not condemned. We have been set free we have been set free from the what he calls the law of sin and death. In the sense that because the law just, when we have the rules, as we talked about last week, it just encourages us, the sin in us, that, that state where we find ourselves, the symptoms come out as soon as the rules are put there. As soon as we're told not to do this, then we want to do it. And so this chapter says, But Christ has set us free. The the law of the spirit of life sets me free from the law of sin and death. So the law was powerless to set me free, but God now did that through Jesus, is what this chapter is saying. He condemned sin in sinful men. So again, it's not that God is in favor of sin. Sin are those things that separate us from him. But he condemned sin itself so that he could meet the righteous requirements, so that he could satisfy that debt that needed to be paid. And then Paul goes on to say, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what the nature desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of the sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness." And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. 
let's pause here for a second. So Paul holds up two different minds, basically. Those who have their minds set on the sinful nature, those who live according to the sinful nature, have their minds set on what that nature desires. And then he's talking about a different way to live, having our minds set on what the Spirit desires. Notice again that this is not looking at Christianity as a series of rules. That was the law that he said was powerless to save us. This is relationship. This is having our minds set on what the Spirit desires. This is falling in love and thinking about what will please the one you love, who is God. So the mind from sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. And I think that even that second paragraph, it's even more encouraging, it's even more powerful to say that the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. I'm recording this in the week after Easter, where we just celebrated on Good Friday Christ's death, but also on Easter, his resurrection, and the powerful way that God shows that Jesus is who he said he was. That in the same way, you may remember the story of when friends bring a paralytic to Jesus. And the first thing he says, they open up the roof and lower him down on a mat, and he turns to the man and says, your sins are forgiven, which is not why they brought him. They brought him to heal him. And people, there's an uproar in the room, especially the religious leaders say, how can he say he can forgive sins? And he says, which is easier, to say that to a man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise up and walk? But so you'll know that I have power to do both, rise up and take up your mat and walk. And so he does. In the same way, Easter is God putting his stamp of authority on all that Jesus said and did, and especially what he did on Good Friday. The spirit that raises Christ from the dead, he now says, is alive in us because of righteousness. You, however, are not controlled by the sinful nature, but by the spirit, if the spirit of God lives in you. These are encouraging words. These are certainly more encouraging than that state that we found ourselves in that Paul's been dwelling with for some time. He's saying that there is a spirit that lives in us, the spirit of God, and is a spirit of power. And then goes on to say, Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live, because those who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received a spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may share also in his glory. Again, incredible words there if you look at what he's saying here. We did not receive a spirit that makes us a slave again to fear. Spirit of sonship or daughtership for those of you who are of the feminine persuasion. But that Verse 3 says, we cry, Abba, Father. If you go to the Middle East now even, and you go someplace where they speak Arabic, which is a derivative of Aramaic, which Jesus spoke, you will see the little child run into his father's arms and cry, Abba, 
which is is daddy and he is saying that because of all this sin has been dealt with now and because we have been restored there's a relationship that we are given with the father the spirit within us allows us to cry abba father daddy that kind of closeness in relationship is what god desires with us and from us the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are god's children Do you you ever notice that when Jesus is tempted in the wilderness, what he is tempted on time and time and time again is who he is? In his baptism, he is told by a voice from heaven, this is my beloved son. Forty days later, without food, in the wilderness, he is told, if you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, if you are the son of God. There's a problem that we have sometimes that we wonder who we are. And Paul is saying here that the Holy Spirit that lives in us testifies to our spirit whose we are. Because we too sometimes can forget whose we are. And the spirit within us says, you're God's child, you're God's child, you're God's child. And if we're children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. And heir, obviously, the implication there is that there is more waiting for us. An heir is someone who will come into riches. And then Paul, writing to a church that is undergoing persecution, says, if we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. So, if you live by the sinful nature, you may die, but, but, God has so much more for us and desires us to live in a close relationship with him and puts within us a spirit that says, you are God's child. You are God's child. And with that, we're going to bring this episode of the Bible Study Podcast to a close. If you have any questions, feel free to drop me an email at host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or go to thebiblestudypodcast.com and leave a comment. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Finding uplifting news in today's headlines is often like searching for a needle in a haystack. At the Story Behind podcast, we believe in the power of finding heartwarming tales and are happy to share empowering stories with you every week. Hear about how Steve Harvey surprised a dying man on Family Feud with $25,000. Get inspired by the note a waitress received from a patron dining alone. And even hear about how one VIP passenger made a hardworking pilot get emotional before his flight. To start listening to the Story Behind podcast, visit lifeaudio.com or search Story Behind on your favorite podcast platform.